Praise the Lord. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord? For me, always a joy, a big responsibility to be here. I never take for granted to be here because I know today God has some things to, to do in this place in the name of Jesus Christ. And my prayer is that uh, what he puts in my heart to share with you, bring healing to your heart, bring hope for you who are here, for those who are watching us in the internet, and also that uh, whatever he will do here, his name will be glorified. Yeah. Because without him, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> I know that. I share my testimony very quickly a couple of months ago here, and God rescued me from a terrible place. God transformed my life, took me from drug and violence. God did a lot of things in my life. He's still doing a lot of things in my life. And uh, today, what I will share with you, the subject is healing life's hurts. Maybe you're here, you need some healing. Maybe you know someone, maybe someone is watching us. But uh, we serve a God who heals us. Amen? The Lord is our healer. Exodus 15, verse 26, 26, the word of God says this. The Lord is our healer. Amen? And I pray that today, if you need healing in your body, God can heal you. If you need healing in your heart, because some sickness, we can detect the sickness through blood tests, x-rays, scans. Some sickness, some wounds, some hurts, we cannot detect it in any kind of human exams because it is deep inside of our hearts. But God is the healer of uh, your body, your soul, your mind. Doesn't matter the situation. God can do amazing things in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So I would like to read with you two passages in the Bible. The first one in John, in John Gospel of John, chapter 9, verse 1, 2, and 3. And the Word of God says, As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus replied, neither, neither this man nor this parent sinned, but he, this has been so that work of God might be displayed in him. Sometimes we face situations in our life we cannot understand why. Why this, why that? And we see a lot of people, they want to give answers. Sometimes people give good answers, sometimes make us even, conf even more confused. The guy was blind, and the disciples of Jesus asked, who, who caused was this? This man, he blind, he's, he's, the, he's the sinner, he sinned, and then he's blind because he sinned. Or his parents was the cause, the, 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 the reason of this guy to be like this. And the reply of Jesus was amazing. No, his fault. Not his parents' fault, but he's like this. Then in his life can manifest the glory of God. Sometimes we cannot find all the answers. Sometimes it's hard to understand why we are like we are. But uh, we live by faith. I know God. He's healer. I walk with God for almost 30 years. And many times in my life, I found myself in situations that... Uh, I couldn't find any explanation why this or why that. 
But every time I couldn't find explanation, a good answer, I looked to him and said to him, Lord, I don't walk with you by what I understand. I walk with you by faith, and I believe you. You are in control of my life in the name of Jesus Christ. Some hurts we have in life, other people hurt us. Other kind of hurting, we, we did it. Self-inflicted hurtings, poor choices. God just, you know the word of God and disobey the word, the word of God. So then you, you face the consequence of the things you do. But it doesn't matter if it is your fault or someone else's fault. God has power to restore our lives in the name of Jesus. What I can tell you, friends, brothers and sisters, that doesn't matter the size of your hurt or pain. What makes the difference between one person and another is not the size of your pain. It's your attitude. What you are going to do when you are hurt. If you get your hurt and go close to God, or if you are hurt and you start to become a kind of um, bitter person, full of self-pity, or things like that. So today, I want to share something with you, very personal, very important. Something that uh, I think I never shared here at KT. I shared in my community. I'm a pastor of our Brazilian church, Brazilian Portuguese language church. Some people over there heard this before. But here at KT, I know this church is a place where the Holy Spirit has freedom to do whatever he wants to do. And I told the Lord, Lord, I will expose myself. I need to take some things. But God told me, you are going to share what I have done in your life. And what I have done in your life, I'm still doing in many people's life. So I came to Jesus in 1993. 1993. Almost 30 years ago. I was young that time. Oh, even, no, no. I was younger, you know, because I, I, I'm still 51. I think I, I'm still young. I'll be 52 at the end of this month. So, but when I gave my life to Jesus, I was 22, 23, and God did a revolution in my life. I was in love for Jesus. Between, uh, in, in, the, in the beginning of 1994 was my real conversion, where I took God seriously in my life. Then I was in love for Jesus, as I still do. And I was loving God, studying the word of God in February. 1994, I was baptized in the water, baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was studying the Bible. I was wanting to serve whatever the church needed. If it was to organize church, clean toilets, whatever. I was, here I am. Use me, Lord. But, but the enemy wants to destroy you. The enemy wants to kill you. The enemy is a liar. So in the middle of uh, 1994, I met a girl. And then I was thinking, well, how is a Christian relationship? Then I, le I learned that that young girl, a little bit younger than me, she was born in a Christian family. She was, all her life she was a born, she was a Christian person. So let's see, how is the relationship with a Christian? And then it's good, I'm seeing new faces here, young people here, because what's happened with me Happened very often with many people. So I started to date this girl. I had a relationship with her. Then I discovered after a few weeks that there was no difference. The relationship was the same. The girl wasn't very holy, and I like it, you know? So, uh, 
I heard that, uh, <laughs> I always heard that uh, in Christian relationship, some Christian people, you, you cannot kiss, even can imagine, have sex, this kind of thing. So I was expecting a very strict girl, but she wasn't. And as I told, I enjoy it. I was thinking that uh, a Christian relationship was very, you know, very strict, but it wasn't. And then I have, Andrew, I had a young a youth pastor. The youth pastor all the time preaching against, be careful, guys. Don't have sex before your marriage because you mess your life, blah, blah, blah. And I looked to the guy, and I, don't, I think this guy is saying this because he has no girlfriend. <laughs> you know? The reason he said don't have sex because he has no girlfriend. If he had, he would, be, he would behave differently. So, guess what? The girl got pregnant. She got pregnant. What we are going to do now? When you mess your life, sometimes you need to try to do another poor decision to try to fix the first poor decision. So let's get married. I spoke with the pastor. The pastor was very kind with me. Marcelo, we forgive you, but don't do this again. But I kept doing. So in the end of night, night four, she had a miscarriage. She lost the baby. My father was the only one who told me, Marcelo, if she lost the baby, don't get married, man. Because it wasn't your plan to get married. You're getting, you are planning to marry because she was pregnant. Now she lost the baby. Don't, don't, don't get married. Now, Dad, I'm a man of my word. I'm a Brazilian macho man. If I say I'm going to marry, I won't marry her, and I will marry her. Marry her. So January 1995, we got married. That's fine. Here we go. 30 or 40 days later, we were preparing to go to the church, and she came to me and said, I'm not going to the church today. Why not? You know this cloth here? I have been with the same cloth in the church three or four times, and I'm not going to the church with the same cloth again. If you took me from my father's house, I'm supposed to give him a better life. Now I'm struggling with you. I'm not going to the church. I don't know if I, if I want to keep married with you. I'm like, come on. She said, less than two months married. Let's work. Let's buy clothes. In Brazil, there was no free market because if there was Primark in Brazil, it would be easier in my life. But uh, there was no Primark in, in, in Brazil. Because here, if a woman complain about clothes, take her to Primark. 100 pounds, you buy a lot of things for her. You know? But there was no Primark over there. So I told her, you don't want to go to the church. I'm going to the church because I want to, to praise the Lord. When I come back home, she wasn't there anymore. She took all her things and left me because she didn't want to repeat the same clothes more than twice in the church. And I was like shocked. I was like, what's going on? And then a lot of people tried to help us, blah, 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 but it was very complicated. So the same year, 1995, my dad, 54 years of age, he got very sick. My dad got sick in March, more or less very sick, and then my relationship, she started to come and go back, and a lot of disrespect, a lot of things. Then I, I was thinking, well, I, I need to go to the end because I, I don't know what to do. A lot of people trying to help us, counseling, stuff like that. So in July, 1995, my dad passed away. Very young, 54 years old. My dad passed away with 54 years of age, and I'm the oldest son. I need to help my mother, a younger brother, younger sister. I need to help my family. My emotional life was a mess. 
this girl, this woman, my ex-wife, she was sorry for me, and she said to me, I'm going back home because I'm sorry for you, but I'm like sister, okay? Don't expect anything from me because I'm there just to give a support for you. Then I was so like, uh, you know, uh, okay, whatever. So my life was a mess, friends, a mess. I was suffering because of the, the death of my father. I was suffering because my brother, two years younger than me, he couldn't cope with the death of my father. He got involved with cocaine, heavily involved. His life was a disgrace, and he was disgracing my family. I was, my life was a mess. Then the church where I was a member at that time, they had a big car park. It was a, was a supermarket with a big car, car park that became a church. So the pastor told me, Marcelo, why do you think to open a car wash in the car park of the, the church? And then we can split the, the profit. And then myself, another friend, we, I, I, I resigned from the place where I was, I was working, take a little money I had that time, both a lot of equipment to establish a car park, uh, a car wash, sorry, in the car park of the church. So we organized everything. We hired the employees. We both all the equipment. We, do, we did all the installations, everything. And then the landlord of the, the building passed in front of the church. And he saw a car wash. Soon, new car wash in the region. And the guy stopped the car. What the heck is going on here? We are opening a car wash. We, we can, yes, it's, we, it's, it's, it's between me, the church, and the partner. No, 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 no. You are sublocating. You are locating the the church is locating the building. The, the, the place for another person is not allowed. We are going to break down the, the the contract. We are going to take the church over there. And then the pastor came to me and said to me, Marcel, I'm sorry, I didn't know, I couldn't. Open the car park, now it's too late. And then I told the pastor, pastor, all my money is there, my life is a mess, I'm trying to restore my marriage. I was dreaming with this car park because there was no car park in that, that, that car wash in that region. I'm sorry. And then he told me, he gave me a very good proposal, Ron. The, the church was big and there was four caretakers in the church. For, it wasn't caretaker like here, they were more cleaner. And the pastor told me, Marcelo, if you don't mind, and if you take responsibility to keep the church cleaning, I pay the, the salary of the four cleaner for you until you find another thing to do. Then I went back home, and I told my blessed wife, <laughs> so there will be no more car, car wash. Why not? Because this and that. But don't worry, don't worry. God will provide for us. I'm the cleaner of the church now, and the pastor is going to pay the money enough to pay the rent, no problem, everything's a control. She looked on her side, slept another day, left home again. And I was broken heart. I was messed up. To finish this disgrace of 1995, in December of 1995, less than one year after I got married, she called me and said, oh, I'm thinking to go back home. Then I told her, are you? <laughs> I, I, I was so confused. I didn't know if it was good or bad. I said, I'm thinking go back to, to, to home. And then I, okay, whatever you want to do. And then, okay, it was Friday night. In that time, 1995, mobile phone wasn't very popular like it was right now, like, like, like it is right now. So I, I, I went to a cash machine to get money, 
and I could get the money. She was with my debit card. And then I passed by his parents' house where she was living. And then his father, her father told me by the, the, the phone in, in the building, it's a tall building. He told me, oh, Marcelo, she's not here. I, I was in the shower. When I got out of the shower, she left. OK, thank you. I was driving home. And the Holy Spirit told me, go back. Speak with the, the doorman in the building. And then, man, did you see my wife? What's happening? She was here. Her father didn't know where. And the guy, oh, Marcelo, we, can give, we cannot give this information for you, but we like you so much. The thing is, there is a guy. He's coming here very often. He picks her up like 10 o'clock in the evening. Normally, she comes back home like 3 o'clock in the morning. But please, don't do any foolish things. Keep your nerves. Don't worry. God has, the guy, God has better things for you. And then I was like, what am I going to do? And God gave me a vision. A few times I have vision like I had that one. God showed me this part of my leg with a big scar, a big, thick scar. And God showed me a hand, a hand, removing that scar. And when he removed that scar, there was a lot, there was a lot of infection. You know that yellow stuff? What's the name of the yellow stuff? Pus. was terrible. When we removed that scar, there was a lot of Pass. And the, 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 the hand passed in my hand, in my leg again, removed all that pass, and I saw a very red flesh, and God spoke to me, it's going to hurt you. It's going to be painful, but I'm bringing healing for your life. Because this marriage, you try to fix a thing that you did wrong, there is a scar, this marriage was a scar, but inside of this scar, there is an infection. And today I removed. It's gonna, it's gonna be painful. I didn't know what's going, what was about to happen. I parked my car over there, 11 o'clock. Where is she? I don't know. Midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., I'm done. I'll go home to sleep. Then I get my car, and the Holy Spirit told me, go back. When I went back, she was dropping the car with her lover. She was with wet hair. She was <laughs> a little bit disorganized. And then I saw what I had to see, and the Holy Spirit told me, are you seeing now? Is that enough? And she got in my car, I'm going to explain everything for you. I don't need any explanation. Enough is enough. Take the rest of your things. Stay at your parents' house. No problem. God bless you. And then I start to listen. Pa, pa, pa. The lover, the strange guy, was a policeman. And the guy starts to shoot my car. And my hair window, bro, explodes. Then I was so confused because I told her, it is hell, what is this? Normally, the husband shoot the strange guy. But my life was so hell, the strange guy is shooting me. And I took her to a police station. And I told her, you need to tell who this guy is because he almost killed me. And then she told you, the, 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 the police woman over there, if you want to arrest me, arrest me. If you want to kill me, kill me. I'm not saying who he was. because Now I know he was a policeman, but uh, that time I didn't know. So it was the end of night five. Beautiful year in my life. <laughs> you know? When I got end of night, night five, friends, I was so dizzy. You know? I was like, uh, you know? It's like you, someone slap your hand and you are like... Uh, who am I? Where I go? I was so confused. But one thing God put in my heart. My presence is the place 
where you have to be. My presence is the place of your healing. My presence, stay in my presence. And the enemy was trying everything to make me go far away from God. But the Holy Spirit, the beautiful Holy Spirit, our helper, our healer, our comforter, he's told to me, come close to me, serve me, stay in my presence. So every service I could, I was in the church. Every message it was for me, I was crying. <laughs> Any message, the pastor wants to come to front to pray, I was there. <laughs> I was praying. You know, I was so hurt. I was, you know, with a lot of bad feelings. Self-pity, anger, confusion. What am I going to do? But the only thing I knew, verse 8, verse, Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And God spoke to me this word. I will make this work for your good. And I don't know how, Lord. My dad passed away. My brother is still in drugs. I'm broke financially. I'm destroyed emotionally. Uh, the only thing that wasn't destroyed in my life was my relationship with God. And I tell you one thing. Maybe a lot of things in your life is a mess. But if you keep your relationship with God, it's just a matter of time for your life to be completely restored in the name of Jesus Christ. I tell you in the name of Jesus Christ. How, this, how, I, how did I find restoration? I told you the first thing. I got close to God. I remember receiving a message, Psalm 37, verse 3 and 4. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and practice faithfulness. Verse 4, Psalm 37. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. My life was a mess, but I was enjoying relationship with God as never before. I knew God in a way that was the basis for my ministry. I knew God in such a way that it was hard to explain. A lot of people, I remember in the, in the funeral of my father, one relative of mine looked to me. I was in peace because God, my father was a man of God. And the Holy Spirit told me, don't worry. It is not a definitive farewell. It is see you soon because you are going to see your father in the future. And I was in peace. I was concerned about my mother. I was concerned about my brother, sister, other relatives. They were worse than me. By the grace of God, I was trying to, to comfort people. And my aunt called me, I'm, I'm worried about you. Why, auntie? Because I think when you wake up, you're going to give a lot of trouble for your mom. But I'm, I'm, I'm waking, auntie. Are you? How can you keep your peace after everything's happening in your life? And then I told her, Auntie, there is a peace that comes from God that is hard to explain. But I know my father, he was a Christian, and I know he's with Jesus. If you passed away, Auntie, I would be more concerned because I don't know if you are, if you know God. Are you telling me I'm going to hell? No, 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 no. 
I'm just telling you that I know where my father is, and I'm not sure if you pass away where you are going to be. But uh, Jesus can fix this problem. And a couple of years later, she gave her life to Jesus, and then now I know where she's going. Hallelujah. Glory to God. (laughs) But I was in the church, friends. God was restoring me. But somehow in my mind, I would be eternally a kind of second-class Christian without much expectation in terms of ministry, in terms of what God would do in my life, because I did what I did. I was divorced, and now I was divorced, you know? So there's labels. People put labels on other people. You're divorced. You're a widow. You're orphan. You are a broken guy. People love to put labels. So I put this label in myself. I'm a second class so I'm happy to help in the car park of the church. I'm helping to do small things, but don't dream about preach and stuff like that. So after five months more or less of this, uh, this episode, the pastor, the crazy pastor I served, friend of mine until today, he came to me and said, Marcelo, I was praying for the next youth leader in the church, and I think you are the right guy just to take over the, the youth leader because it was a new church. They were planting a new church, and there, was, there were like seven young, young guys. And then I looked at the pastor and I me? Are you sure? I'm a divorced. I had sex before marriage. I have labels in my life. And the pastor, crazy pastor, looked to me. It's not a problem for me. Is it a problem for you? It's not a problem for you, Pastor Pastor. No, it's not a problem for me. It's not a problem for me. Because I have seen you seeking restoration before God. I have seen that and God can give you a new chance for you. God can restore your life. Are you sure, Pastor? Yes. Give your life to Jesus. Let God use you. So I think God has some kind of sense of humor, friends. Because there are a lot of people over there who could take over the, the youth ministry. And the pastor, it's me. And then, for the glory of our God, from 7 to 30, from 30 to 50, to 50 to 8. And then other ministers, pastors start to, to trust me, other ministers in the church. So after one year, there were like 200 young guys in that, in that ministry for the glory of God. And then 1997, there was a need to, to be a pastor in another place. And the pastor told me, I will indicate you to, take, to, to, to be a pastor of a church somewhere in, 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 in Sao Paulo. And I like, what? Pastor? You're <laughs> crazy. Yeah, yeah, we, we were seeing. And then, in this time, in the day where I, went, I was going to the church to be ordained as a pastor in the main church, I met who I met. I met her, Fabiana, because I knew her mother. I knew her mother. And her mother was going to the same church, and she called me and said, Marcelo, could you give a lift for me and for my daughter? And I, I knew her just by sight. Went, oh, for you, for your daughter? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Why not? Friends, I tell you, I had that disgrace in my life, and then I separated myself to the Lord. And I had enough of mess. And then I, I was waiting. The next girlfriend's going to be my wife in the name of Jesus. The next one, I just, if it's from God, I don't want any of this mess in my life. So in night, May 1997, I met Fabiana. I started to date her. I started, uh, you know, she was quite young, and I told my plans for her. You know, Fabiana, I did this, this, this. 
But God is restoring my life, and I want to serve the Lord. Wherever he sent me, I want to serve the Lord. I don't know about you, but I don't want any girl that has no plans to serve the Lord. And she said to me, I, I think the same. I don't want a boyfriend just to, I, I want a, a man to get married. So you are the woman. <laughs> and we start to date. October 1998, we got married. Yeah. Hallelujah. She's, she's crazy. We got married in Sao Paulo, Southeast of Brazil. We got married Saturday evening. Sunday morning, I took her from Sao Paulo to receive 3,000 kilometers from where we, she used to live. I remember when I asked her hands for her father. Her father now is a Christian man, but in that past, he wasn't very Christian. You know, he was a little bit big guy. You know, a lot of hairs in his body, big mustache, a little bit intimidated, you know. Then uh, I need to talk with the guy now. Man. Then I, I told her, oh, Mr. Zé, I would like to, 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 to marry with Fabiana, and, and I'd like to, to know if you bless us or no. And, uh, and, and he looked to me, you know, Marcelo, I, I, I work hard to give a good life for Fabiana. I'm paying her university. Uh, uh, i never been received before. I don't know where she's going to live. I don't know which kind of life you're going to give her. But you know what? It's very strange, but I'm in peace. You can marry her. Oh, it was easier than I was expecting. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And we moved there. We served the Lord. We started a new church. The church grew from 50, 60 people for over 3,000 people. It was amazing what God did in that place. Year 2000, I got my first daughter, Marianne, and now she's 22. She's finishing her university in Bournemouth. 2007, God gave me Esther, my, other, my youngest daughter. I'm, I cannot tell you, friends, that from that time, I didn't have any kind of words. I had a lot of words after that. But the same God who took me out of that uh, pit of mud, the disgrace, night, night, five, the year the enemy tried to kill me, but I'm not dead, as you can see. I'm still here to praise our Lord. And I want to tell you, if the enemy say that you're going to die, you're not going to die. You're going to live, and you are going to tell the works of the Lord in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. But I tell you, if you are hurt, if you are in pain, if you are suffering, if you are confused without answer, what is you have to do in the first place? Get closer to God. He is everything you need in your life. Nothing is more important than Him in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. Be open. I heard Pastor Claudette speaking today in the, the beginning of the service. Be open for the things that God has prepared for you. Because sometimes you think one thing, but the, the thoughts of God is higher than ours. Amen. Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9, the word of God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways, my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Sometimes we see our circumstances. And we start to think, oh, now my life is this. Now my life is that. Someone told me this. Now I'm divorced. Now I'm abandoned. Now this, I, now that. 
And you start to think things, but uh, the things of God, the thoughts of God is higher than yours. And we, when we get close to him, he starts to reveal the plans that he has prepared for you. It wasn't go to the McDonald's, please can I have a Big Mac meal? <laughs> and then one minute later you have a meal. No, it wasn't, it wasn't like this. It was a process. But God is faithful. He's still faithful. And I want to let a, a passage for you in Isaiah. Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verse 8. If you have your Bible, open with me, please. Isaiah 43, verse 18 and verse 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell in the past. Amen? God can hear you. God can restore you. God has plans for your life. New things is on the way. Be open. The problem is when God is wanting to do new things in our life, but you still live in the past. And the word of God says, verse 6, 19, See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it's springing up. Do you not perceive it? Sometimes God is telling all of you, Hey, I have new things for you, new things for your finance, new things for your emotions, new things for, for your family, new things for any area of your life. But we, if we are dwelling in the past, oh, if I tell my history, if I tell what happened with my life, oh, rebuke in the name of Jesus. Rebuke the spirit of self-pity because I struggled with this in the beginning. I used to look at me in the, the mirror, and start to cry. Look myself in the mirror. <laughs> you are a good man. You, you shouldn't be doing like You should be done. You should be going through like this. So, self-pit. Pure self-pit. One day the Holy Spirit, stop it. Stop it. Go to the church. Go to praise me. Stop it. You know, in Brazil we have a kind of uh, old saying that you start to lick your wound. So you make your wound, your hurt, your idol. You, you, you go to bed, think, oh, how poor am I? Oh, I'm sorry for me, blah, blah, blah. And then when you wake up still, and it's like an idol. Destroy this idol in the name of Jesus Christ. Look to God and say, Lord, I don't know how, but one thing I know, you are the God of impossibles. If you did with this Brazil, you can do with me. If you can do anything, and he is going to do more than you can think or imagine the name of Jesus Christ. This morning, Pastor Mark was preaching here. Dare to dream. Dare to dream. Even if you are divorced. If, if, even if you have a broken heart. Even if people put a knife in your back. Dare to dream. Come close to God. Serve the Lord with your, your heart. My mother is a very simple woman. In Brazil is Mother's Day today. And my mother used to say, Marcelo, go to the church. Keep busy with the things of God. Because if your mind is empty, the mind empty is the garage of the enemy. If your mind is empty, you're not, if you're not busy with the things of God, they start, the enemy starts to put things in your mind. But if you're busy with God, reading the Bible, praising the Lord, serving other people, the enemy has no space to put lies in your heart. And I took this advice, and I tell you, in the presence of the Lord, in the altar of God, is a place of healing. You are serving others. You are saying, yes, I have pain in my heart. I have hurts, but I can serve the Lord. 
I can help other people. You are serving the Lord, and God is healing you, restoring you. So I pray, my friends, in the name of Jesus Christ, that God brings today for your life restoration, healing. Today I tell this terrible season of my life without any kind of pain. No pain. Sometimes I even forget that one day I was married with another woman. Sometimes she remembers me. You never think about her. No. I forgot. Sometimes I even forget that I was married. God gave me this woman. She's crazy like me. She served the Lord like me. She's beautiful. She gave me two beautiful daughters. It's the glory of the second house. And I pray for you, my friends, today, that God bring hope to your heart. Fill off your heart with faith because he is faithful. God has done new things. He's doing new things. He's faithful. Dare to dream in the name of Jesus Christ. I don't know how you get here, but you can go home differently. Because the presence of God, one word, can change everything. One touch of the Holy Spirit. Oh, he can open your eyes. I don't, need, I don't need even to touch you because the Holy Spirit is working in this place. Bring hope. I exposed myself. I couldn't say anything. But sometimes you think that the pastor, ah, oh, the pastor knows not about my life, my strugglings. Ah, now you are saying... <laughs> You know, we are not superhumans. You are women, women, men of God, totally dependent of his mercy, his power, his grace. And I pray that the Holy Spirit today touch your life in the name of Jesus Christ.